to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. in love with God. Last week we began talking about this series that's going to carry us up through the Christmas season. We started talking about John 3.16, a God that so loves us. Say that with me, so loves us. We discovered he doesn't just love us, he so loves each one of us that he gave heaven's best for each one of us. And it's because of that love, the love of the Father in sending His Son, that we have a Christmas time to celebrate. But more than that, we have today a life that every one of us can live. But what we discovered last week, unfortunately, is what our love has become. We have based our love on God as the love that we show to those around us. Our love is a misconception. We've got it a little bit backwards. Why? Because our love today has become performance-based instead of character-based. What I mean by that, it's more about what is done to me than who I am. It's more about the act than the person. I love because... So why do you love your husband? Well, I love my husband because he gives me nice stuff and he treats me and anything I want, he gives me. And and watch what our love is. It's because. So we discovered last week what happens when the gifts and the love and the kindness and all these things are not quite as flowing as they used to be. We don't feel loved anymore. And in turn, we don't love anymore. So now that love has gone because that love was based upon stuff. Love has its ups. I mean, life has its ups and life has its downs. There are seasons in our lives, even even as children of God, that we go through, that we wonder, God, have you left me? Have you ever been through a season like that? Struggles and things aren't going well. We discovered a few weeks ago, the Bible even tells us many are the afflictions. But the Lord, hold on, as Arnold said today, push on, don't quit, because but the Lord delivers us out of each and every one of them. But what happens when we don't get everything? We don't give everything. And through loving God and even loving other people in that manner, we will never come into a full, intimate relationship. We must love God because of who He is and not what He does in our lives. The Word of God tells us that He is love. If you want to know what love is, God. 
If you want to know what love is, God. Read 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter of love. What is that a picture of? God. What is love? He is love. As I believe it's 1 John 4 says that God is love. So with the love that God has for us, this morning I want to talk about how do we receive that love. Because many times love can be out there, but it's very hard for us. Have you ever been around someone that cannot receive love? That when you try and tell them that you love them or you try to get close to them, they just push you away because they're afraid of what you may have for them. It's strange to them. They don't want that. I don't want anyone here to leave pushing God away from their life. I want everyone this morning just to open up their arms, ready for an embrace to say, God, I want to receive your love like I have never received it before. Receiving his love towards us. When I first wrote down some notes and thoughts on my message, I wrote down this instead, understanding his love towards us. I changed that because I don't understand his love towards me. I said, I don't understand his love towards me. I don't think any of us in here fully understands how God and why God would love us. So it's not in understanding it, but rather in receiving it. The one who chooses, the one who chose to love each one of us. Whether you were brought up in church or not, I'm sure you all know this song, Jesus Loves Me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. How does it end? Because the Bible tells me so. Many of us today... Just love God because the Bible tells us so. But we have never fully experienced his love intimately for ourselves. We're going to talk about that this morning. For many of us, our love towards God is scripted. And what I mean by that is this. In a play or in a movie... The performers or the actors, because that's what they are. They're performers. They are actors. They are act at, there to act out a role or a part. That they will follow the script. Something that has been written beforehand and written down. Now all they have to do is act and speak what the script tells them exactly to do. So they're acting out something that's not really their words. They're acting out something that's not really how they want to act or perform, but yet the script writes it down, so that's how they have to do it. That's become, I believe, the picture of many of our loves towards God. That we're acting out. It's become an act. Instead of true intimacy with God. Oh, the Bible tells me, so I have to do it. So our love for God has become obligation-based. Instead of fully understanding the intimacy that God has for every one of us. We don't love God today because of His greatness. But rather we love Him because that's what we've been told that we need to do. 
Because the Bible tells us so. Can you see the problem with this type of love, if you can even call it that? It's a head knowledge and it's not a heart realization. It's been based on knowledge rather than experience. And when something new, here's the problem, when something is based upon a head knowledge instead of a heart realization, when new knowledge comes or something new comes, what happens? We get swayed away by that. We go after it. We've heard this saying, I'm sure, and it says this, if you can talk someone into something, that means they can also be talked out of something. We've talked so many people into the gospel, but have they fully experienced the gospel for themselves? We come to church every Sunday, we lift up our hands, because the Bible tells us, We give our tithes, we come of our service and we offer up to God. But are we doing it just because the Bible tells us to? Or are we doing it because we've experienced love like never before? And we're doing it because of love. Because of relationship with God. You see, that's what we're talking about. Falling so much in love with God, like we've never fell in love with Him before. That He's our first thought in the morning. He's our last thought before we go to bed at night. And He consumes our thoughts throughout the day. That every step we take, we want to be found in His love. We want to be found pleasing to Him. It's not just because the do's and don'ts. If you think the Word of God is a list of do's and don'ts, you've never experienced the God of this world. God's not a list of do's and don'ts. But what happens is God changes you and transforms you and now no longer you want those things. Through relationship, your desires change and you become new in Him. Probably about three or four years ago, we were in Montgomery, Alabama at youth camp. Philip Cameron stood up and he preached to us. And he said something that night that I've never been able to forget. He said, if someone came and presented to me facts that wholeheartedly proved that Christianity was a fraud, that Jesus had never walked on this face of this earth, that the Bible from cover to cover was an absolute lie, not just opinion, but fact. He said, I would say to them these words, tell me all you want. Because I've experienced life on both sides. And I know which one works. If God is not real, then the life that I have chosen to live, believing that He is real, there's no other life that's given me such peace. There's no other life that's given me such joy. There's no other life that has touched me with forgiveness and blessings and comfort. Those feelings that I have experienced override every other thing that you may tell me today. In other words, he said, even if this is not truth, the life that I have experienced as a result of living it is life beyond measure is peace beyond measure. You can label us as a fool if you want, he said, but let me live as a fool that has an experience that nothing else comes close to comparing. But we know today, don't we, that this is not a fable. 
We know today that this is truth. We know because historically it's been proven. This book has been proven historically and in every manner. This book has been proven more than any other book that has ever been written. We know Jesus walked the face of this earth. But the experience of his love, I believe, still for me goes beyond every fact. To receive His love, we must realize and accept His love towards us has to be more than just a concept that we are taught. I looked up the word concept in the dictionary. A concept is an idea or a general notion. It's like two plus two is four. It's like pi equals 3.141592653589793. And it goes on and on and on and on. It has to be something that you and I know implicitly to be true. Is your love of God just a concept? Or do you know it implicitly, intimately to be true? It's got to travel that 18 inches that goes from our mind to our heart. That 18 inches is a distance that God himself cannot bridge. But it's something that we have to allow by acceptance and say yes to God. That's the only way that we can fully receive his love. There's not one of us here today that can fully understand God's love. Can someone turn the air on? I'm not preaching about hell today. I mean, it's incredible here today. Goodness me, I think they got the wrong message at the back that I was preaching on hell or something today. I'm looking at everyone waving at me, fanning themselves. I apologize, I'm telling you. It's hot in here. Well, we're trying to scare the hell out of some of you. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, take notes in church because they say that will keep you out of hell, whether that's true or not, but there you go. But there's a lot of us here today that I know will never fully understand God's love, but that's okay. I don't understand everything about my car, but that doesn't stop me sitting in the seat and turning on the key and driving down the road. I don't know everything about the engine. I may need to if it breaks down. But I don't know everything about it. There's a lot of things I don't understand, and God even tells me that I won't understand everything. Look at this scripture from Psalms 91, verse 1. It talks of God's understanding... And not in the sense of figuring it all out and having all the answers. What does it say in Psalms 91 verse 1? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Therefore, we read from this passage that God's understanding is when I trust Him and stand under His protection. That's understanding. Come on, God doesn't say I'm going to figure it all out. And that's the problem. I can't figure out his love. I can't figure out his mercy. I can't figure out all his forgiveness. I can't figure that out. But what does God say? Philip, if you want to understand, each one of you today, if you want to understand, you need to stand under the trust, the protection, and the provision. He who stands under the shadow of the Almighty. That's true understanding. Standing under God. And trusting Him. Remember Psalms 145 verse 3 from last week. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. It's beyond our understanding, but it's not out of our reach. He has made it possible for each one of us to partake in it. To be a part of His love. 
But I've got to fix my misunderstanding of God's love and realize that He is God and that His ways are above my ways. If I try and figure out why would God love me and try and understand it, I can't figure that out. But I've got to tell myself because the Bible does tell me this and I've got to believe by faith that God's Word says this in Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways... Your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God was saying this to the children of Israel who couldn't see the promises of God. Who couldn't see the fact that God was able to deliver them. But He reminds them, just like He reminds each one of us today, to always trust in Him, to always believe Him, not to doubt Him, but to have a relationship of trust that's not built on opinion, it's not built on stuff, but it's built on a knowledge of understanding that I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is able to deliver me, that God loves me, that He's forgiven me, that He's accepted me. I'm talking about a true relationship with a God who desires that from each one of us. Instead of shrinking God down to my size, like a soda can, and trying to contain God into what I think should be, or what I hope should be, instead of trying to make God conform to me, why do we not today choose to launch out into the vast ocean of His limitless love? Have you ever struggled with the thought, why would God still choose to love me? Have you ever struggled with that thought? Some of you maybe don't struggle because you think that you are so lovable. That everyone wants to love you. But there's been times in all of our lives where we've failed. Where we've messed up. Where we've asked the question, why would God still choose love me? Why do we ask that question? Because once again, we equate His love and we compare His love to the love that we see all around us. It's not. It's not. And that's the reason why we don't fully receive, trust, or see His love in each one of our lives. Why? Because we base it upon the misconception that we have called love. For a few moments, I want to talk to every parent in this place. If you're not a parent, it would maybe be good for you to listen because you need to know this at some time in your life. But placed upon each one of you as parents is an awesome responsibility. As a parent, it's your responsibility to nurture, to train, to teach, to lead, to instruct, to protect your children. One such biblical example of this can be found in Proverbs 22 and verse 6, where it says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he or she is old, he will not or she will not depart from it. Parents, there is an awesome responsibility that is placed upon your lives. But there's something else, I believe, of great importance that we must see here. The way you relate, the way you react, the way you live, the way you love is the way in which your children will interpret God. 
Listen to me, parents. I'm telling the truth today. Your children will base their relationship with God upon the image they have of you. The love they have towards Him, they base upon what they see in you. During the Fall Fest, I'm laughing that that Dale and his wife Barbara, they had their little grandson at church with them. And during the Fall Fest, they walked past me and he turned to his grandmother, Miss Barbara, and he pointed, he goes, there's Jesus. (laughs) He was pointing at me, by the way, just, just in case you missed that. She said, there's Jesus. Now, of course, we all know the answer to that is not true. But what had taken place in his mind is what made me begin to think. As he came to church with his grandparents, he saw me at the front leading. He heard me preach. Whatever he saw in my life, he made a comparison of me as Jesus. He made an assumption of what Jesus was based upon the way that I had been in front of him. Parents, the way you live is going to give your children the first understanding or the knowledge of God's love. That's why it's so important. There's a saying that's out there that I absolutely hate. And I think it is so unscriptural and it's so ungodly. It's from the very pit of hell that we've heard it so many times. Do as I say, but not as I do. Our actions must scream louder than our words. But unfortunately, for the wrong reasons today, many of you know what I am talking about. Why? Because you didn't have godly role models in your life when you were a child. And as a result, you struggle to perceive a love that God would have for you. How can it be? Why would he love me? And because of that lack of love and that relationship and that image of who Christ is, it's not only affected you in your love towards him, but it's also affected you in your love that you have for others around you. It's crippled you in your love. We can't change the past, but we can make the past our past. We can't change the homes that we were brought up in. But we can change the homes we live in right now. We can change the actions of our lives. We can change how we're going to bring up our kids. Because if my child is looking at me and understanding or coming to a realization of what God's love is through my life, perhaps I need to change a little bit. Perhaps I need to know love in a new way. So I can show them the love of God. We need a new trust in God. We need to come to a place of fully receiving His love. No matter what's been given to us or the role models or everything from our past, we've got to let our past be the past and say, I choose to believe God's words. And I choose to base my life upon relationship with God. I choose to discover the true love of the true Father. The Father's love. Push whatever image aside you may have to me today of God's love. And listen to what I believe is the truth of God's love. God's love is unconditional. God's love is 
unconditional, meaning you can't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to merit it. He just chooses to love you. That means that no matter what, come on, I says no matter what you've done, perhaps you've done some awful things even this morning, God still loves you. No matter what you have done, God's love is still there. That there's not one person on the face of this earth could ever say, God doesn't love me. God's love is unconditional towards each other. That no matter what, He still loves you. Because love is who He is. I don't get that. I said, I don't get that. I struggle to grasp that and understand that. But I've realized I must accept it as the truth in my life. The one who has made over 350 billion galaxies and still counting. The one who puts on average 6 million leaves on one elm tree. The one who created a caterpillar, a bug, with 28 individual distinct muscles just in its head alone. The one who is the true awesome creator of this universe that he spoke and life came into being. The one who is the only true God. He chooses to love you and he chooses to love me. And he has also chosen never to relinquish his choice. Never to take it back. I don't fully get that. But I want to receive that. I want that. I want a love that will never let me go. There are so many people today that walk through this world feeling unloved. If you were to ask people the most important thing that they want in their life, everyone wants to be loved. Because there's a need inside of every one of us as human beings that needs love. We need the love of the Father. Thank God for worldly love and relationships on this world. But there's a love that goes beyond. It's the love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the highest mount and reaches to the lowest vow. If every ocean was ink, The songwriter goes on to say, and the sky was parchment. There would not be enough water or ink in the ocean to write on the vastness of the sky the love that God has for each one of us. It's greater far. It's greater far. But this great God, He wants to be in relationship. He wants to be in relationship with you. You see, our image of love must be based upon that love, His love, not according to the distorted images that we've seen played out around us all day. Because if we do, we will never fully realize and never fully receive His love. I thank God today that my sister and I were able to have great God-fearing parents. And I'm not just saying that because my parents are here today. But I believe in giving honor where honor is due. And that is the truth. My parents were great godly examples for my sister and I. And through their lives and through the actions of their lives, they taught me to not only see God's love, but they also taught me and brought me to that place where I made that experience for myself. By their example, I knew how much God loved me. 
But even still, I had to experience that love for myself. My parents were the signposts, but I still had to choose to go the way and follow the direction that they were pointing. I had to make my own commitment to God. I had to accept His love towards me. You can't base your love upon another's love. You've got to experience love all for yourself. I don't just love God because the Bible tells me that I need to. I love God because I love God. I love Him because I've had an experience that's changed me. And now 30 plus years on from that commitment of giving my life to Christ, now being a parent myself for 17 plus years, Kelly and I having five wonderful, incredible children, And being a parent for myself, I've experienced another image of God's love. Those of you that have had a baby and held it in your arms, there is no greater feeling of love that anyone could ever have. That you are literally overwhelmed with the thought, I never thought I could love something as much as I love. That feeling of love is indescribable. You try and explain it to someone, but you can't. You just hold on to that child and you look and the feeling that you have, you can't put it into words. Then as they get older and you arrive home and they run out to meet you, they jump into your arms. They hold on to your neck so tight sometimes that they almost choke you. They start kissing you all over your face. And then they start saying to you, Daddy, I love you. Mommy, I love you. That love for them, that love that you have for them in your mind and in your heart, every part of you is screaming out as you're holding them and as you're embracing them. And you're hearing those words, I love you, I love you. The desire that you have is, I want to do everything within my power to protect this child, to watch over them, to shield them, to give everything that they need for their lives. Come on, you know how that feels. You know how that feels. God's love is greater than that. God's love is greater than that. Even at times when your children can disappoint you, Your love is still there. You may be upset and you may be angry, but you know what? You love them. Our kids have heard it said so many times that when you whoop your kids, you say, it hurts me more than you. It's a different hurt though, isn't it, kids? It's a different hurt. Backside stinging is a little bit different to a heart breaking. But there is a hurt that you have inside of you as you discipline your kids because it does. Why? Because you love them. I've often had to say that to my kids after I've disciplined them. I've said to them, the reason I did it is because I love you. You may not understand that now. And you know why I say that to my kids? Because that's what my dad told me. And I didn't really understand it back then, but I understand it now. My kids may not understand it today, but they're going to understand it tomorrow. They're going to understand that. There's a picture of love whom the Lord loves. The Bible says he chastises, he corrects. 
gently nudges you in the right direction. But even when they disappoint, the love is still there. But God's love is still even greater than that. Matthew 7 verse 11 says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? Listen to another translation. It says this, You're at least decent to your children. So don't you think the God who conceived you in love will even be better? I like that. Conceived in love. Conceived by love. You weren't a mistake. A lot of people may go through life feeling that they were a mistake. You know, 85% of kids whose parents go through a divorce, they blame themselves for the breakup in the family. There's a lot of thoughts and, and notions that we can carry in our minds that I wasn't loved, I was the fault. You know, this and that and everything. Perhaps your mother was even raped and you are the product of that. Can I tell you that God conceived you in love? God loves you. You're not no mistake. Before the foundations of the earth, God already knew you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, the Bible says God knew you. That's love. His love that he has. God is more worthy of our trust than anyone else. But yet we still question and doubt his care and provision over our lives. Come on, we can't doubt love. We've got to receive it. Let me change the gears slightly for a moment this morning and just steer this way. For some, or perhaps many today, their feelings towards God are really not love, but fear. Now we know that the Word of God tells us that we should fear God. And I just read this passage on Thursday morning from Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26 and 27. It says, in the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence. And his children will have a place of refuge. I mean, that sounds good. And it goes on to say, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of life to turn one away from the snares of death. But you see, the fear of God is not fear in the sense of a terror or an absolute dread. It's not a fear in the fact of being so afraid by him that we're repelled of him. If you've ever gone to Disney World or you've gone to any of these places and they have these characters dressed up. If your kid is afraid of Mickey Mouse or Santa Claus, let's bring it down. Have you ever had a kid that's been terrified of Santa Claus and you want a picture of your child and they don't want a picture? And if you do happen to get a picture, it's not a pretty picture because they're like... Because they're screaming and tears are running and snot's running down there. Come on, we've all been there. They're kicking and screaming and Santa's not looking too happy either. It's a lost cause. Why? Because that child is afraid. They don't want to go near them. I laugh. Every year, Hannah used to want a party at Chuck E. Cheese. And she was scared to death of stinking Chuck E. Cheese. Every year she would want her party there. And I would often wonder, what is the deal? Why? Every year. And everything was going great till the birthday time came out. And Chuck E. Cheese came out in his suit. Where's the birthday girl? She is under the table. (laughs) Wrapped around my leg. I can't shake her free. Absolutely terrified. Oh, but Chuck E. Cheese is here. I don't want to see him. That fear. That fear, that fear. 
But when God says that we should fear him, do you think that's the kind of fear that God wants us to have for him? Wouldn't be much of a relationship with that type of fear, would there? But that's how many of us fear God. If I don't pray, if I don't read my Bible, if I don't go to church, if I don't do this, if I don't do that, if I don't perform right, then God's going to punish me. Many people have this image of God that he's waiting up in heaven for us just to take one foot wrong so he can go, bam! And he can knock us flat on our backsides. That's the image many people have of God, that he's waiting for us to do wrong so he can act against us type of fear of being afraid of is a fear that will bring you into a place of condemnation. And God's word tells us in Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation. It brings us into a place of condemnation because we think, if I don't do this, God's not going to love me. If I don't do this, then he's going to do this against me and all this. Come on, you've got to realize that's not the true image of God. Yes, God judges sin, and he cannot look upon sin. And there's things that we need to do to take care of that in our lives, like repent and ask for forgiveness. But even still, it's never the fact that God doesn't love us. It's just that we have placed ourselves out of his love. God doesn't condemn any of us. God doesn't write us off. But we condemn ourselves because of the misconception we have of his love. To fear God means to have such a reverence, to have such an awe, to have such a respect of Him. And by that type of fear, you know how each one of us will respond, not with terror and fear, but because we are completely smitten by God, we will want to do everything within our power to please and love Him. Like that song says, you've stolen my heart. It doesn't mean that God's broke into my house and took my heart this morning. It means I'm in such in love with God that he's stolen away every affection, every desire, every dream. God is now yours because I realize how much you love me. It's good and I believe important to have daily time with God. I believe it's important to read your Bible. I believe it's important to pray, to go to church, to pay your tithes and offerings. But here's where our focus must be. Matthew 22, 37 and 38. This was was the reply Jesus answered to a man who asked, what is the greatest commandment above everything else? He asked Jesus, what is the most important thing I should do? And Jesus said unto him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus, what's the most important thing? To love me with everything. Jesus says, this is the first and the greatest of all commandments, to love God, to receive his love for me. And through loving him, my priorities were changed because I'll change. Have you ever been totally in love with someone? You know what it's like. You forget what day it is. You forget to eat. Now, some of you said, no, hold on a second. I wasn't quite that ever in love. You can tell the ones that aren't in that type of love, and I won't go any further. You forget to eat. Things aren't important anymore. You can now manage on two hours of sleep a night. 
for a while. Because you're running on fumes. It's love. It's wonderful. That letter that someone wrote to someone, and I've used this illustration before, it's so great. This guy's writing his undying love to his girlfriend, and he's talking about how incredible she is, that I would do anything for you. My love is this, and my love is that. And he's painting this incredible image of how much he loves her, and how incredible she is, and nothing would stop his love for her. And he signs off, yours truly, Bishop. Not really, but I'm just using him as an example. (laughs) Yours truly, Bishop, or love forever, Bishop. P.S. If it's raining tomorrow, I won't be able to come and see you. (laughs) Nothing can stop, but if it's raining, I won't be able to make it. Bye. God wants us to respond to his extravagant, unending love by loving him in return. Not with quiet times that are plagued by guilt, but with true love that is expressed throughout our lives. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my mind. I don't understand fully that love, but God's word says I can receive that love. I don't know why he would choose to love me, but God's word says, and I'm going to believe God's word, and I'm going to accept that love. You know, I screw up and I mess up, but God still loves me. His forgiveness, His grace, His mercy is still there. Yes, we are to fear God, and I pray that I always will. But that fear is such an awe and a wonder, an amazement that draws me to love God more. Let me bring it to a close today. God wants your life. He wants everything of you. That's how much He loves you. But why? I don't know. But I have chosen never to doubt that he does. I believe the best things in life are gifts from the one who steadfastly loves us. Let me say that one more time. It's on the screen. The best things in life are gifts from the one who steadfastly loves us. But are we in love with God? Or are we in love with the stuff? Imagine how awful it would feel if your child came up to you and said, Dad or Mom, I really don't love you. And I really don't want your love. But please make sure and keep giving me my allowance because I like that. Wouldn't feel good, would it? But that's the answer and response that we give many times to the unending, never-ending love of God. When you go home today, read Psalms 139. When David writes, where can I go from the presence of God? Where can I go that I am outside of the love of God? I make my bed in hell. He's there. If I go to the uttermost parts, he's there. The love of God is everywhere. He then goes on to record that even before we were formed, God planned and purposed our days as we see the thought of being conceived by God. It's time to say to God, God, I just love you. And I receive your love for me. Not the stuff, just you. 
God, I may not fully understand. But God, I believe by faith that you love me. And I'm going to receive that love. Last statement this morning. Our love for him always comes out of his love for us. What do you mean by that, Pastor Philip? The more you accept the fact that he still loves you no matter what, the more you're going to fall in love with him. Let me say that again. The more you accept the fact that God loves you no matter what, the more you're going to fall in love with him. The more you love him, and the more love you're going to give to him. God loves you. I said God loves you. And God's love for you is the best for your life. Yes, the Bible tells us so. But I want more than just the knowledge of God's word. I want to have the experience for myself. That lady, that young girl, remember Cassie Bunnell, I think her name was, in Colorbine High School in Littleton, Colorado. Was it Littleton, Colorado? With a gun pointed to her head. She says, do you still believe? If all she had was a Bible tells me so head knowledge, she would have turned around and said, nah, that stuff? Nah. Crazy. But because she had a hard experience, and a love for God, her whole being was probably screaming out, just say no, because she knew her life was going to be taken. But that inner love and desire and passion she had for God would not be denied. As she said, yes, I still believe. What she was saying that day is, yes, I believe his love. And even though right now you have a trigger on a, uh, your finger on a trigger with a gun pointing to my head, and it's within your power to take my life right now. She was saying, no matter what, my love for God is greater than the fear of what you can do. Because you see, she knew this moment here, next moment, present with God. Yes, the Bible tells you so. But you need to fall in love with God yourself. You need to experience true love in God. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.